Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Saturday, February the 25th, 2023. It is currently 12.55 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, don't you love when a plan comes perfectly together? Everything that you plan comes perfectly together. And isn't it even better that sometimes you don't plan something and it comes together perfectly. Well, how does that work? You didn't plan it. How do you, don't you love, it's great when a plan comes together perfectly. I think we can all agree there. But isn't it even better that when you don't plan something, it just happens perfectly, even though you didn't plan it that way? Like you had your plan, something else happens, but it's even more perfect. Does that make sense? In other words, we all love when a plan comes together perfectly. And we also love when everything seems to fall into place And we didn't even plan it that way, because in a weird way, that is what has happened for our brand new Bible study exercise. You know, if you've been paying attention, we're about to launch into a study. Well, we've already kind of started it. We've introduced it, but we are really right there at the very beginning of studying a number of chapters in the Gospel of John over the next six to seven weeks. That's what we're going to be working on, individual chapters in in the Gospel of John over the next six to seven weeks, we've introduced it. I've given you the chapters. I, we've 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 done a lot of work to kind of lay the foundation. And so I kind of had this idea of how I wanted things to go, and then all of a sudden, because of and now, always remember, if you just listen to the podcast, you're just a listener. If you actually participate in the Bible study exercises, you're actually doing the work. I typically refer to you as a student. So one of our students sent me something today in regards to the chapter we're currently working on. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Today's February the 24th. Tomorrow is February the 26th. That's the day. This fits perfectly. I'm like, this could not be more perfect. Tomorrow is the day that, well, an entire, we'll call it a denomination, an entire church remembers a very specific person. They, that's the day they commemorate that person. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. This is perfect. How perfect could this all be? So everything, not only is my plan, hopefully my plan will come together, but I didn't even plan this and it fell perfectly into place. And I hope, I hope you will take advantage of this. And I, I have some fun and exciting and entertaining homework assignments for you. Okay, maybe not that fun, maybe not that exciting, but but it it should be informative. So are you ready? As you know, the first chapter in John that we are studying is John chapter 4. John chapter 4 is the first chapter that we're working on. We started our study of John chapter 4 a little early. I gave you a list of like these phrases and things from the chapter that I really wanted you to start working on and start thinking about. So I've done that. And then we're going to just kind of slowly work through it. Well, for this week, you're going to be able to do your own things. I'll give you little uh, assignments and little different things. I'll be doing some teaching. I'll possibly will be preaching from John chapter four tomorrow at Victory Baptist Church. There'll be lots of things to hopefully make this week a great week in studying John chapter four. And remember, I've asked you just start reading it over and over and over and over. The more you live in the chapter, 
the more it will become a part of you so that when we're done with this week of study, John chapter 4 will remain with you, hopefully for the rest of your life. You're going to remember it. You're going to know what's in it. The more you read it, the more it will become a part of you. That's really the key. Remember, so much of Bible study is observation, 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 observation. Everybody wants to just kind of read it once and start interpreting it. And you know how it works. The quality of your observation determines the quality of your interpretation. You can't interpret what you haven't observed. So you have to do observation. And how do you do observation? Read, 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 read. Outline, if you're using the outline as an observational tool and not an interpretive tool. We've talked about that. But please just spend the week in John 4. Talk about it, read it, discuss it, debate it, whatever. So I've tried to get you started, but let me explain what happened. So let's do this. If you have a Bible, John chapter 4, if you are able to follow along, the one thing we definitely can do, the one thing we can definitely do is just, well, read a part of the chapter again. So are you ready? John chapter 4, start in verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Now, remember the first thing I gave you, if you remember my list of things, was he must needs. He must needs. Why did he need? What was he must needs go through Samaria? Why did he have to go through Samaria? I know what everyone preaches. Listen, I know. I definitely know how it's preached. It's preached like he must needs to go through Samaria because he had a divine appointment with this woman that he's going to meet in this chapter. And this encounter with Jesus, it was divinely appointed he must go there. But to me, you could argue everywhere he went, he must needs to go because wasn't everything divinely appointed, right? Doesn't God work all things according to his good purpose and will? Like there's a lot of questions we could have there. But I remember I put forth a hypothesis. I put forth a thesis. I'm still waiting for feedback on my hypotheses. I haven't heard a lot about it. But remember my perspective? I don't know if we should preach this. He must needs go through Samaria as if, oh, he has a divine appointment there. I threw out an idea. Look at how the chapter begins. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had had made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. It seems like the reason he left is because the Pharisees found out this information, and it seems to me at least it is possible, maybe plausible, that he did not want conflict with the Pharisees yet. He didn't want, like, he knew this was going to either concern them, bother them, and so he leaves. And then it says he must needs to go through Samaria. Did he need to go through Samaria to get away from the Pharisees, to get away from all of this? Because I think, and you can, you can see if you can verify this, would the Pharisees have gone into Samaria? Would they have avoided that area completely? In other words, is, there was conflict brewing and he left. Now, I know that that destroys so many sermons because the sermon says he must needs and you must need go to wherever Jesus sends you. You must go where the Holy Spirit guides you. You must seek out those encounters. I know that's the way we preach it, but I still I, I'm still giving that as 
I want you to look at that. I want you to at least consider it. You, you look, you, you may be able to 100% prove that that's not the way it should be read, but I, I like to challenge. I like to challenge and for us to really look at the text. All right. But that's not what we're going to focus on today. I still want to work on he must needs. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still wanting, wanting to work on that. But one of our students, they focused on something else today. Here we go. He must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called, now I like to say Sychar, but it's Sychar, I think is how most say it, because I just see the S-Y and I want to see Sychar, but Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now, we need to figure out Sychar, like we need to figure, in fact, I wrote that down as one of the things we need to look at, right? We have, well, remember, uh, must needs. The second thing I gave you to look for was Samaria. Start working on the area of Samaria. What, I, what was the deal with Samaria? What was the deal? Like, would the and that's a good question to pursue. Would the Pharisees have come come into Samaria, or where they would have been like, you're going to Samaria? Just we're we're, we're just going to let you go. Like, I think it's important to at least see. And the Sakar, what what do we know about Sakar? So Samaria, Sakar. Those are other two things I gave you to look at. All right, start working on. And then here we go. He cometh to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Jacob's well. Jacob's well. That is what I want you to focus on. But we're going to do two things. We're going to focus on the well, and we're going to focus on who Jesus encounters at that well. So we know there's Jacob's well. I still want you, and that's one of the things I told you to, to write down and to start working on. What do we know about Jacob's well? What is the significance of Jacob's well? Jacob's well. A good thing to do is to figure out all the different places in the Bible Jacob's well is mentioned. How many times is it mentioned? And did any significant events happen at the well? I think that's, that would be a fun little thing to do. So you can work on that, but look what happens. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. Now we've got the well and we've got the woman. And what we know is that that well is now located inside, well, a building a church. So we need to know the name of this church where this well is supposedly located. And according to at least some traditions, this woman has been given a name. And guess what? February the 26th is the day she is commemorated. She is the day she is remembered, the day she is celebrated. It's like a feast day for at least one particular denomination, one particular church. So tomorrow, in many of those churches, they will hear sermons about this woman. They will hear sermons or homily about this text, John chapter 4. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about the church, where this well is now located inside of it. And this woman, by her traditional name that has been given to her. And I think this will give you some information that maybe you have not known before. So you ready to do this? All right, here we go. First, let's start with the name of the church. This is what someone sent me. 
this morning, and I'm very glad that they did. All right, here we go. The traditional site of Jacob's well, so there's the well, cannot be located by finding Sakar, as that city is no longer in existence. So if we try to find Sakar, we're not going to be able to just go here, Sakar, so we can find the well because the city is no longer there. However, the site thought to be the biblical Shechem, called Tel, uh, Tel Balata by archaeologists, is near a well. Also, oh, now we hear Shechem near what is called Tel Balata by archaeologists. It's near a well. This is important because the Bible says Jacob bought land from Shechem and lived at the place for a long time, Genesis 33, 19. He would have required a well, and it is perfectly reasonable that he dug one. Also, the well at Tel Balata is indeed of ancient origin. These, the, these biblical and geographical facts point to the site as a good match for what the Samaritan woman called Jacob's well. Today, February the 25th, 2023, that well is inside the church of St. Fatina. St. Fatina, Saint Fatina, I think Fatina is the right way to say it. I want to say Fotina, but I think Fatina is the right way to say it. Uh, today, the well is inside the church of St. Fatina. That is spelled P-H. O-T-I-N-A, St. Fatina, all right? That's where it's at. The church was originally built in 380 AD. Through the years, the church was destroyed a number of times by natural and military forces. The current building is administrated by the Greek Orthodox Church, which obtained the site in 1893. The church and the well can be visited today in the West Bank. So St. Fatina is the name of the church, the Church of St. Fatina. Now, the reason it's called St. Fatina is because of a name traditionally given to the Samaritan woman. Now, typically when you see her name, it's not Fatina, it's Fatini, right? Typically when you look up her name, it's P-H-O-T-I-N-I, Fatini. Fatina that's the church, and the woman's name usually is, is, is written out as Fatina, Fatini, if I can say it correctly. I always want to say Fontini, but it's Fatini. Fatina, the church, Fatini, the, the woman, the, all right? The woman at the well, that's the name given to her. Again, the name of the well, or the name of the church is St. Fatina, P-H-O-T-I-N-A, that's the name of the church where the well is located inside. You can look up pictures online and see it. In fact, I'm looking at, I'm looking at a, well, I'm looking at a picture of it right here. I mean, you should, you should look it up. You should see it. There's an entire site dedicated called seetheholyland.net, seetheholyland.net, and just look up the entry for Jacob's Well, and it's going to give us uh, the information about, well, the church. It's going to give you the visiting hours and pictures where you can see it. But you definitely should look at it and, and look just everything about the church of St. Fatini or St. Fatina. I say, I want to, I want to say Fatini, but you get the idea. That's the name of the woman. Fatina, P-H-O-T-I-N-A. 
Look it up today. I, that's that's your homework today. I want you to know. Every, I want you to look at pictures of the church. I want you to know everything about the history of the church. The Greek Orthodox now control it, but I want you to just. It was built what three eighty? I believe it was three eighty A.D. I don't want to give you wrong information. Um, I believe it was three eighty. Give me one second. I don't want to. I don't want to give you wrong information. I don't want to give you. Yeah, three eighty A.D. It's been destroyed numerous times. But most everyone seems to agree that the well there is of ancient origin. And because it's, if you go through all of that, again, Sekar is no longer there, but biblical Shechem is called Tel Balata by archaeologists is near a well. And everyone seems to agree that the well is of ancient origin. So a lot of people believe this is the well known as Jacob's well, where Jesus has this encounter with this woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, who is now referred to by at least some traditions. And um, just so that you know, this well, uh, most everyone, uh, Jewish, Samaritan, Christian, and Muslim traditions all associate the well with Jacob. So there seems to be a lot of, you know, in fact, this is often considered... This is how it's typically viewed as the most authentic site in the Holy Land. All right. One, because no one can move the well. <laughs> okay. So, so that's, that's a good thing. And it was originally more than 40 meters deep. So a lot of people are like, hey, look, because there's, when you go to the Holy Land, there's always like, well, some say this is the place. And then there's like, well, some say this is the place. And some say, well, no, this is the place. And there's sometimes multiple places where people are like, no, this is the place. And you're like, well, which one is the actual place? How sure are we of this? But when it comes to Jacob's well, many believe it's the most authentic site in the Holy Land. Like you can go there and like, there's Jacob's well. This is the well Jesus was sitting next to when the woman from Samaria shows up and Jesus has this encounter. And then, of course, within um, Greek Orthodoxy, they've given her the name uh, Saint Fatini, P-H-O-T-I-N-I. All right. And here's just a little, this is from a Greek Orthodox. This is from Greek Orthodox Archdiocese of America right? Saints and feast. Here's what they say. Saint Fatini lived in the first century, in, in first century Palestine, and was the woman that Christ met at Jacob's well in Samaria, as recorded in the gospel according to John chapter 4, verses 4 through 26. After her encounter with Christ, she and her whole family were baptized by the apostles and became evangelists of the early church. Fatini and her children eventually were summoned before the Emperor Nero and instructed to renounce their faith in Christ. They refused to do so, accepting rather to suffer various tortures. After many efforts to force her to surrender to idolatry, the Emperor ordered that she should be thrown down a well. Fatini gave up her life in the year 66. Now, I cannot verify the historical accuracy of that account. It may be more traditional, maybe even taken on a little bit more mythology, but look up what you can about Fatini. Fatina, the church, the church of St. Fatina, and Fatini, the woman's traditional name, and just look at both of them, just see what you find. Now remember, 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 scripture is our authority, but it is interesting to see some of this information. 
St. Fatini is commemorated on three occasions during the year. And the one that we're going to focus on is, well, tomorrow, February the 26th. Greek Orthodox churches will commemorate her. Well, we remember St. Fatini. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look up St. Fatina, the church. I want you to look at it, just explore it, look at pictures, know everything about it, when it was built, just everything, everything about it, all right? Then I want you to look up St. Fatini, see if how much agreement or information we can find about was she persecuted by Nero? Was she thrown down a well in the year 66 AD? How did that all play out? Can we be, uh, do we have any certainty about it? Just so that you know. And then here's what we, this is what will be, I think, a lot of fun. Tomorrow, many Greek Orthodox churches, their homily will be about St. Fatini. So here's what I want us to do. Tomorrow, starting tomorrow afternoon, Monday, Tuesday, start looking for all the Greek Orthodox churches you can find that has a website where they post their sermons, their homilies. And then what we'll do is we'll take one and and all all you need to do is just find out yeah that 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 sermon is on John chapter 4 it's on St. Fontini they they mention her stop listening immediately and then send it to me and then I'll try to pick one and we'll do a sermon review from a Greek Orthodox church on St. Fontini just to see how they handle it see what they have to say their 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 homilies are usually no more than like 10 minutes. Okay. So it will it'll be the shortest sermon review in history because literally their homilies you're like I don't know how people could go to church and spiritually be sustained that way because you're like, it's like 10 minutes of preaching, but that's a whole different story. Same thing in, in some Lutheran churches, the homilies are 15, 20 minutes, Catholic churches. And I'm like, man, like if the Bible is the word of God and man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of his mouth. And as newborn babes, we should desire the sincere milk of God's word. I don't know how you are sustained spiritually in a place where it's more about the liturgy than it is the proclamation of God's word, but I digress. So there you have it. On this Saturday, February the 25th, one day before the feast day for St. Fatini, you have the opportunity to do a little exploring of Jacob's Well that's located now inside a church, Saint Fat, the Church of St. Fatina, right? And it's named after the, the woman who, who they've given the name traditionally, St. Fatini. That, that's all I want you to do. Just look up the church. Look up what you can about the woman. Gather just information. You, you can share whatever you find. If you do find anything interesting, either... Uh, Make sure you can you can cut and paste it and then but just give me the sources and if you can provide links that's always good or a screenshot of the book that you're getting it from wherever and let's just see what we can find about it. I still think must needs and Samaria may be more important than some of this, but I, I just love when students find something that I'm like, oh, oh, this this is good, this is good. So we want to. We want to explore that. We want. I, I've always said the students drive where we go in the Bible study exercises. Where, where you guys, like, that's the whole point of this. The Bible study exercise is for, I, the, whole, the whole reason I teach the way I do. In fact, in some cases, I don't even teach. I'm just kind of like, here you go, here you go. So today, here you go. St. Fatina, St. Fatini. All right. Now, let's go through this again. So just so that you know. The name of the church is St. Fatina. Look it up. I'm looking at it right now. See, see the holyland.net. I think this is the entry for Jacob's Well. Let me see here if it's uh, 
Um, let's see. How is it listed? How is it listed? Yep, there's a, a yeah, if you go to uh, seetheholyland.net, on the left-hand side, there's like a menu, and you'll see one for Jacob's Well. You have to scroll down a little bit. Once you find it, then there it is. And um, yeah, you can, yeah, you can look at it. It would be kind of cool. I, 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 a lot of times I'm not too interested in visiting some of the holy sites, only because there's so much speculation about, well, it could have been here, but it could have been over there, and it could have been there, it could have been here. But I, but I would have, I would love to visit this holy site only because there's a church there that was originally built in 380 AD. However, it's been destroyed so many times, so I don't know what's left that's even remotely looks like the church from 380. But the ancient churches, I love seeing those. I love seeing what those look like more than a supposedly holy site. Like, well, we think this is where Jesus was. We think this is where, like, those sometimes are so speculation, and it feels. I just like seeing the, the more ancient the church, I feel like I'm stepping back in time into early church history, right? And some of that other seems to me go beyond what maybe we can know for sure, and then it becomes speculation. And it's like, so we've built a, a tourist attraction around speculation. Like, I, like, we know this is where the church was. We know a church stood here, and here are the archaeological remains of said church. There's no speculation, right? It's not like, well, we think the church was here. No, it, there's the remaining parts of the building, okay? So on those things that are more certain, then I like, I like that feeling because I feel when I walk into a historical site, I feel like I'm, I, at least in my mind, I'm always transported back to that time. Now, my imagination may get carried away, but I do like that feeling. So, but there you have it. Saint, the church of St. Fatina, the woman at the well, is referred to as St. Fatini. What does her name mean? That, that's a good one. I know what it means, but do you know what it means? When, did she, when, when was she given this name? When did they identify in church history St. Fatini, what, what that Fatini was her name, and when did they identify that she was persecuted and killed under Nero and thrown down a well. When, when, did this, when did this information come to life? When did this show up? And tomorrow is the very day. So you can walk around tomorrow going, hey, do you know what today is? Today is the feast day for St. Fatini. And everybody at your church will be like, who? You're like, you know, St. Fatini? You know, the church, St. Fatina? You know, Jacob's Well? You know, the woman who came to the, that's, that's St. Fatini, don't you? And they're going to look at you like, they have no idea what you're, you're talking about. And then you can say, well, if you listen to the Theology Central podcast, or if you were Greek Orthodox, you would know this. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. I do think the, the student who pointed this out today, uh, there's more I want to say here. There's more I want to dig into, but uh, I just, it just, I mean, I didn't plan it that way, but isn't it perfect that tomorrow is the feast day for? I mean, it, that could you could not have, we couldn't have planned this any better. This is one of those situations where I love when my plans come together, but this one is a, it all fit perfectly, and I didn't even plan it. But there you have it. Now, if you work on any of this today, email me newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Please start researching and dig into this. Have discussions about it. Now, you, we, now, ultimately, we could ask this question. Does it matter if we know who she is? Ultimately, it does. The Bible doesn't give us that information. 
So in some in some case, we it, it doesn't it doesn't change the impact of the story. Like whether we know it's Saint Fatini or wh- whether we know the name or don't know the name, we still have the biblical account and what God has given us. That's what matters. But this other information is just interesting, and it will be interesting to see just a how a typical Greek Orthodox church celebrates commemorates. St. Fatini tomorrow. It will be interesting to see. So just start looking for Greek Orthodox churches near you and look for their websites and try to figure out sometimes, especially some Greek Orthodox churches, they post their sermons and they're like literally like three months behind. And you're like, what's the point, right? Others are pretty up to date. So if you find one that's up to date, then we'll try to review that. It would be interesting to just see how they approach it. It would be, it would be. I bet you it's very allegorical. I just, I bet you it's allegorical. Just because they, they, there's a lot of that hermeneutical tradition there. So it'll be like, does the well represent this? And the water in the well represents this. Like it, it would be interesting when you hear that kind of preaching that allegorizes everything. All right, I think that's everything. The church is the church of St. Fatina. The, the name of the woman Jesus encountered at the well. She's referred to as Fatini. Fatina is spelled P-H-O-T-I-N-A. Fatini is spelled P-H-O-T-I-N-I. I, I don't want to stop. I, I just I feel like we're just getting started. But I'm going to stop. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Those in the Discord channel, hey, go, 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 talk, talk, discuss. Everyone have a great day. Remember, we're, we're starting early this week in our Bible study in John 4, so you can get a very good head start. You can really be ahead. This is already part two, and we haven't even gotten to Sunday, which is the official day we start. And then tomorrow we'll probably do some preaching on it, and then we'll see how the rest of the week goes. Oh, I do. Oh, we'll probably do a part. We may do a part three today. Because I did find a, I came across a video that says, have we gotten the woman, the story of the woman at the well all wrong? And I'm like, wait, what did we get wrong? So I, I'm going to, re- I haven't listened to it, but we, I'm all rip the audio and we will review it and see, because I want to know what we got wrong before we get started. All right, there we go. Thanks for listening. Go read John chapter four. Go research the church of St. Fatina and go research St. Fatini. And let me know what you discover. Thanks for listening. God bless.